Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey everyone, welcome to another amazing epic episode of For the Love of Money. I get to sit down with one of my favorite couples in the world today, and that is Cole and Sonia Hatter. Now, if you don't know them, they're the founders of Thrive. You know, the huge annual entrepreneurs event where the tagline is literally make money matter. And that is what this podcast is all about, right? Matter of fact, when Cole and I met, it was so funny, we met in a mastermind a couple of years ago, and we had to introduce what we were stood for, what we're all about, and then write down on little index cards, um, you know, if you have any notes for that person, any tips, any advice. And all he wrote on mine is, he goes, bro, we're going to be best friends. And I didn't understand what he meant when I got the index card until I learned about his business and his DNA, which is make money matter. In other words, he's for profit, for purpose. And he is going to inspire you to create profit so that you can create and impact and purpose as well. Cole and Sonia are one of the coolest entrepreneur couples out there. We talk about like what's it like to work as a couple, what they struggle with, what some of their wins are, what some of their hacks are. And so if you are building this with any kind of partner, because a person is a person is a person, whether it's a romantic partner or a business partner, doesn't does not matter. If you're building with any kind of partner, your business, then this is going to be one of those episodes that you totally need to tune into. Now, one of the cool things about Cole and Sonia is they're successful because they're not afraid to ask for help. And you can imagine my surprise when these multi-multi-millionaires with one of the biggest entrepreneur events literally around right now uh, reached out to me and signed up for one of my VIP days. And if you don't know what a VIP day is, it's one of those days where you get to come into my home and have access to me and my entire team to work on your business. Any gaps that you have, especially where... You could create more income sources or streamline the ones that you have or you know, become more profitable, reach more people, you name it. It's a chance to come into my home, tap into my team for whatever you need, and leave after one day with a radically better business. So you can imagine my surprise when they reached out to me to sign up for one of my VIP days. And the way that you sign up, by the way, if you're curious about one of these VIP days, all you have to do is just email me. Chris at ForTheLoveOfMoney.com and put in the subject line so that I read it, VIP day. That's it. Just email me at Chris at ForTheLoveOfMoney.com, put in the subject line, VIP day. It's really focused for people that have already broken the six-figure mark and need to exponentially grow their business's income. So again, just email me, chris at fortheloveofmoney.com and write VIP day in the subject line. And that is how I will review those of you that are interested in one. Oh, by the way, you have to put something in the body of the email. So you're going to want to describe quickly what you're looking for and what your business is. And I can't wait to read those. I love getting those. All right. So Cole and Sonia Hatter are not just the founders of Thrive, but Cole is a real estate expert. I mean, he has made millions in flipping properties and in selling how-to real estate courses. And so they're a really dynamic couple in the way that they run their family, in the way that they parent, in the way that they live their faith out and how it helps them with business and relationships. And they give a lot of advice as to how to work as partners. 
And I think you're going to find a lot of hacks in here, a lot of wake-up calls that is going to allow you to work with other people in a better way as well. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode, not to mention, I think you're going to walk away awfully inspired to, as they say, make money matter. So get ready, listen up, let's do this thing. Cole and Sonia, how are you guys doing? We're doing great, bro. How are you doing? Good. Good. I'm so excited to have you both on. So one of the things that my listeners love the most is when I have couples on or when Lori and I um, do a podcast together. And I just think there's such a cool freaking dynamic when you've got a power couple that is building a business together, changing the world together, following their, their dreams and their missions and their pursuits together. And so I can't wait to have that conversation with you guys today. Well, we're stoked to be here, bro. So uh, since the last time you were on, buddy, I've changed up a little bit. I do rapid fire now, and it's just a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if something really cool comes up that we want to do a deep dive on, we'll circle back. You guys down for a little rapid fire? Bring it on. I All think right. so. Here we go. Here <laughs> we go. All right. So, hey, you know, I just realized this might be my first rapid fire with a couple. It is. Okay. This is going to be interesting. Cole, you're up first. Where'd you grow up? Orange County, California. And where do you live now? Back in Orange County, California. <laughs> Sonia, what about you? I was born in Serbia, and I moved to Orange County, and I'm still in Orange County. Your answer is way better than Cole's. <laughs> I'm so boring, dude. I'm so boring. <laughs> Favorite quote, Cole? John C. Maxwell. The truth is, you can spend life any way you want, but remember, it can be spent only once. Ooh, so good. Sonia? Oh, my gosh. I'm terrible at remembering quotes. Like, that's why I want to get them tattooed on me. But I really like P.T. Barnum. And it's not just because it was from The Greatest Showman, but that was the first time that I saw it. And it said the, what was it? The greatest, the noblest gift or job is is that of making someone happy. And I just thought that was, it's just, it's beautiful because that is what I want to do with everyone when I meet them is just make them happy. And I think it is an art. And I just love that quote. It's an art and it is a gift. I remember that that part of that movie. Matter of fact, I pulled a few quotes from that movie. It literally gave me goosebumps. I freaking loved it. And I've watched it a couple times since. That was one of the most, one of the best parts of that movie because it literally gave everyone permission that it doesn't matter what your skill set is. If it's as simple as making people a little happier based on what you're good at, then that's permission to move forward. So I freaking love that. Right? That's a quote. Totally. That was the best movie. It was. Like I could watch a hundred times, just get fired up. Me too. And I don't even like musicals. You guys should cruise over. Let's do movie night, bro. <laughs> All right. We're down. We're totally down. Okay, Cole, what's one of your superpowers? Uh, making something that's very complicated, explain it in an easy way, breaking down a process and explain it to someone where that they understand it. Amazing. Sonia? Mine is making babies. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a human come out of me and I kept it alive with my body. But um, so that is definitely a superhero in its own space. Wait, but wait, wait. Can is. I take my answer back and say mine's making babies? <laughs> no, not Cole. You, you already answered, man. She won up yeah. to you again. We should have a scoreboard for this. Okay, Cole, what's one of your favorite books? Uh, one of my favorite books is How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Yeah, that should be standard reading growing up. Sonia? Mine, the five love languages, it just, it transformed my life and it helped me understand my husband and relationships and business and everything. I'm so curious. What is Cole's love language? His is physical touch and quality time. Ah, same here. And then what is yours? The um, acts of the service, 
Yeah, acts but, of service. Yeah, and quality time. Very cool. At least you guys got the quality time in, in common there. Yep. Um, okay, one thing that you are afraid of right now, Cole. Uh, making the right decision and walking away from over a half a million dollars worth of income because that opportunity is no longer in alignment with my purpose. Ooh, we can totally talk about that. I've, I've been there before so many times and so have a lot of friends. Sonia, what is one thing that you are afraid of sometimes? This podcast and, (laughs) um, talking on stage, being in the public eye and just doing stuff like this to get out of my comfort zone. We're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, Cole, what is, who is someone who's changed your life? My dad. Um, he's my business partner. He's the best man at my wedding. He has been married to my mother faithfully for 46 years together, 51. And, uh, over the course of my life, just seeing him as a living example of what I want to do with my family and how I want to show up as a man. Uh, I think that my dad has probably had the biggest long lasting influence of my entire life. You know what? I love number one. I've met your dad a handful of times now and I love the man. And number two, I love the way that you include him on your social media. We actually get to see your relationship with him. It's a really a, a neat and rare thing these days. For sure. And my mom's obviously a huge impact too, but as far as like me being a man and being a dad, he obviously would have a bigger impact than my mom, right? So cool. And then Sonia, who is someone who's changed your life? This is going to sound totally cheesy, but it's true. And I'm going to say that it's my husband, Cole, only because he literally pushes me always. And he's my biggest supporter and fan. And no matter what I want to try and do, he'll make it happen if I want to stage dive at a punk concert he (laughs) puts me up into the air and i'm stage diving or i'm standing in front of a thousand people speaking like no matter what it is he 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 does that by the way that's not a dumb answer cheesy answer that is the (laughs) most common answer on this show isn't that cool yep it's so real that wasn't a hypothetical though we did go to a dropkick murphy's concert and i pushed her up and she crowd surfed to the stage (laughs) and then dove off of it so Oh the biggest bruise of and my life. And that wasn't a long time ago. That was like eight months ago. That was <laughs> as a mom of two kids, by the way. That wasn't like our early 20s dating. It was on my bucket list, so he made it happen. Oh, my God. I freaking love that. Uh, a couple more of these left here. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments thus far, Cole? Um, well, I would say my family, right? So I'm going to say two then. Uh, for sure, it's being a father of two precious little girls and getting my wife, who's way outside of my league, uh, to marry me. Chris, you obviously get that, right? We both all kicked our coverage. Uh-huh, <laughs> for sure. Way out kicked my coverage. So number one is the family that, that God has blessed me with is a huge accomplishment. Um, and then I'm going to say number two, another accomplishment is uh, manifesting something Sonny and I dreamed of seven years ago on our honeymoon, walking through the streets of Rome, visioning what could be possible in our life we're living right now. And some could say that, you know, you set your goals too low. Well, now we're just making bigger goals. But uh, I think that was a huge accomplishment that we were two young 20-something-year-olds who were completely broke, who dreamed up what the world could be. And now, not to sound like a dick, but as we're sitting in our movie theater, because this is the quietest room of our house right now, uh, in our beautiful home in Southern California, running this business, it all came true. I love that. Sonia, what's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Well, Cole took my answers. So I'm <laughs> going to think of another one. would probably be last year um, winning first place at a muscle fitness competition, which I never in my wildest dreams thought I could do, and speaking in front of everyone at Thrive. Ah, I freaking love it. Okay, a couple more left. Cole, one regret you have. Hmm. One regret... Sheesh. Okay. So 
back to the thing that I'm finally walking away from. I should have done it a year or two ago. Mm, boy, a lot I of people identify like with that. I feel like for for the quote unquote love of money, I stayed into it longer than I should have. And had I made this cut sooner, then uh, I think that things would be even better. So anyway, I think I, I think I took too long to end something. Wow, we're gonna circle back on that one, Sonia. Um, I just regret that I didn't believe in myself as much as I do now. Um, I feel like I've missed a bunch of opportunities, not having the confidence, and that I just didn't dream bigger because I'm accomplishing things that I never thought were possible. Yeah, you're that's definitely so doing right. it now, that's for sure. Last one, so I think you guys will really <laughs> like this one, just knowing who you are. Cole, what is something generous you've done recently? Um, oh man, Ray popped in. All right, I'm going to keep it broad because Sonny and I, as you know, like to keep it private, but uh, a good friend of ours was going through a separation with his wife and was in a bad spot in his business. And Sonny and I love this guy a lot. So privately we gave him, we let him borrow our car for about a month because he didn't have one with the separation and funded a portion of his business for a few months while he's getting back on his feet. So cool. Sonia, something generous um, you've done recently. I need to go wire some money today to our orphanage uh, so they can have food and water. <laughs> I love that you guys do that. And we're going to talk more about that later. Okay, let's get a little bit deeper in the interview. And, you know, Cole, your story is really well documented on my last podcast and quite honestly everywhere. And so we're going to skip your story for now. I really suggest that people go back to that podcast and listen to your story because it literally is a tear jerker. And we'll put the, the link in the show notes to this one to go back and listen to your story in the last one. Um, but I actually want to start with helping our listeners get to know you both as a couple. And so I, I ask you both, what do Cole and Sonia stand for as a couple? I'll start and she'll think about her answer. Um, I think we start, or we start, we stand for acceptance and love. Uh, I think that Sonia and I do a very good job of meeting people and loving them exactly how they are, uh, regardless of how they show up and who they are and what they're, who they pray to or who they love or any of that stuff. We, we love unconditionally to a fault at some times and we get taken advantage of, but uh, we're trying to get better at that. Um, I think we stand for, as a couple, inspiring others of what life could be not to say that we've got all the answers or that we figured it out, but being able to have your money, have your business, have your life and your family too. Uh, I see a lot of people that you know either are struggling financially or they are crushing it financially and have no family life and that we somehow have figured out this way of being a family, taking our kids to school, picking them up, having clocked not one minute of childcare in any of our daughter's lives while running multi-million dollar businesses out of our home together. Wow, that's amazing. Sonia, you want to add to that? No, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Mic drop. Do well, we don't clock. We we have um, help, obviously, with my mom and like. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. There, he, it's not just. I'm talking like dropping the kids off at a daycare. Her mom comes over and we'll watch them a few hours in the afternoon. We're just blessed to have family and like people nearby that can help us. So, I mean, people got to do what they got to do. Yeah, right. absolutely. Sonia, I want to talk about you for a moment here because. You know, we're going to talk a lot in this this podcast about what it's like to be a power couple and accomplish all the things you're accomplishing. But quite honestly, in the past couple of years, I've watched you really step out from behind the scenes because you were making it happen from behind the scenes to very much more of a, uh, you know, front and center on stage, so to speak, type of role. 
and it's been a really powerful transition to watch. What prompted this? Cool. <laughs> there was, I, did, I didn't want to do it at all. I said, hey, you know, why are we going to fix something that's not broken? Let's continue doing it like this. And Cole just had a larger vision and um, he knew that this could help people. And I was actually just shocked how many women and, and men have been inspired on so many different levels of me just getting out of my comfort zone, which is crazy because I'm terrified and I'm terrified when I was on stage and yet people seeing that how real it was that I wasn't faking it, it it's pushing them to do the same thing. And so that's kind of why I've continued to keep growing was just the feedback that I get. It's not just for me at this point, I'm helping other people. So, you know, if I'm going to be nervous, I can push through it somehow. Was there Chris. any part of you that wanted to push through the fear and, and be, you know, in the spotlight and start to empower other people to do the same? Or did you not discover the value of it until after you started doing it? I, I mean, I've dreamt about it. I mean, who doesn't want to be able to help people and motivate them? Like, I don't think there's one person that can say, hey, I don't want to help change someone's life. I just didn't know on what level or how I would do it. I just figured I'd always do it behind the scenes or, you know, donating money or giving service somewhere. But I didn't realize it would be doing what I'm doing. Mm. Chris, let me expand on something, too, because I think she's given me too much credit. And, you know, for the listeners that may be where Sonia was, all I did was gave her permission. She's like, oh, Cole forced me. No, dude. All I did was gave her permission to step into her natural talents, her natural abilities, her natural ambition. Uh, that's it. And then, you know, I, I pointed her maybe in a little bit of a direction of, hey, here's the areas of my business that I'm really weak in that I think you're naturally great at, like detail oriented stuff. Um, and much like you do within your and Lori's business of the the day to day, making sure everything happens um, and so, so I think she's giving me too much credit, you know, for, for anyone out there that like, how do we implement this and how does this become advice for us? Uh, give yourselves permission and just start. And Sonia figured it out as she went, she's getting better. And I, I honestly say this, not just because she's my wife. I think she's a better per business person than I am. I think there's definitely some things that I do well. Uh, but as far as a business operator, for sure, she's a better manager and a better operator than I am and probably could run a business of more employees with more top line revenue than I ever could. And she would have settled with focusing that energy on motherhood, which is a huge honor and she should, and never have given herself the permission to apply those ambitions and work ethic towards business. So, so I think I just helped her bring out what was already in her. It's the accountability. It's he, him telling me, babe, I want you to speak at thrive. And I said, no, I don't want to, I'm uncomfortable. And he's like, no, you got this. You can do it. And then he announced it to all the thrivers. And at that point, there was no turning back. And that <laughs> accountability made me do it. And, you know, my fitness competition, once I announced that I was doing it, all these people were excited for me. And I said, OK, I can't give up now. And just everything in life, if there's accountability for, for it or a deadline, I will make it happen. So this is a massive value because the number one thing that I hear from all my listeners, you know, they're loaded with talent, they're loaded with good ideas, they're loaded with dreams, but they are stuck in their fear. Even if they have had some progress, they're stuck somewhere in their fear. So Sonia, you're starting to face this and step through it every time. What's your advice for people who are stuck in fear? How do you get that next step? You just got to do it. I just, you have to 
if I'm not nervous doing something at least a couple times a week, then I feel just I'm complacent. I'm not trying to grow. And so I've been doing things and reading things and listening to whatever I can to just keep doing it. And I basically get just desensitized. I think it's, it's not as scary once I keep doing it. Mm. Cole, I want to ask you a question. How has it changed your relationship seeing Sonia step out into the spotlight now? You know, if we're going to do full transparency, it's been good and bad. We actually had this conversation yesterday. So uh, it's good for her stepping out in the spotlight specifically. It's good to see her own her stuff. Uh, it's it's I'm so proud of her that it was Cole. Then it was Cole and Sonia. And now there's stuff out there that's Sonia where I'm not even associated with it, that she's got her brand and that she's got her her ambitions and her things. And I love that. Um I mean, she's she's launching a champagne company where I'm just basically giving her feedback on her art for the bottles like it's all her. So, so proud of her. And at the same time, uh, not necessarily her coming out in in the spotlight. I, I'm all for that. But her getting as busy as she is just yesterday, I was like, hey, we got to remember that we're husband, wife, too. Like we have our businesses. Then I have my business. It doesn't have anything to do with her, like my uh, marketing company and my real estate company. And then now she has her stuff that doesn't have much to do with me, like the champagne company and the things she's working on. And at the end of the day, I'm like, wait a minute. The only us time we're having is like from 10 to 11 p.m. once the kids are asleep and it's too late to work. And half of that conversation is around what we did today and what we need to do tomorrow. <laughs> so so it's good and bad to see her coming out because it's exciting. But at the same time, we have to remember, wait a minute, we're supposed to be married and just like talk about life too. Mm-hmm. Lori and I have had to literally come up with hacks, like our non-negotiable dog walk for an hour at the end of every single business day and, and a few other things because there's a fine balance there. There's a delicate you know, line that you walk. So let me ask you, what's the biggest blessing working together as an entrepreneurial couple? I like the time that we get to spend together. When we succeed, it's where it, it's just, it's so fun to do it together. And then when we don't succeed, you know, we have each other to lean on and to talk to. And so I just, I love being with him all the time. People think that it's weird. I'm like, we'll go to the grocery store together. We'll do this together. We're with, like, we're just together all day. And I enjoy that. I love it. Cole? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that too. I'm actually with you at the mastermind uh, that we were at a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was having a conversation with one of the attendees. And for a brief time, because this is a, a sudden realization, I feel like I was getting a little bit complacent. Uh, I got rid of my office, got, got, I don't want to say got rid of, but parted ways with a few of our employees, downsized thing a bit, bought a new home that has an attached office. And I'm not no, so much working on making more money for the first time, basically in my 13 year career, even though I want more money, of course, and we'll talk, I'm sure about that since the podcast is for love of money, but I'm working more on quality of life. And I was having this conversation with someone at the final dinner at that mastermind with you up in Santa Monica a couple weeks ago. And the guy said, what I hear and what I see on your social media, Cole, is you're just reallocating your efforts towards quality of life, fatherhood, husbandhood, and not just top line revenue, and that you're not complacent at all. You're just reprioritizing your 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 growth, and you're just reprioritizing what is valuable in your life. And so that being said, how do I love working together? It's like the best thing ever. And the fact that, like she said, we really are together a lot and that works for us. There are times where we need some breaks and because of you know, my professional speaking career, I'm on the road a bit. So we get you know, four block days of, of no FaceTime together, which maybe is good for Sonia <laughs> to take a breather from me. But, but the point is I'm in a season right now where 
had a conversation with a friend of ours, Steve Sims, who's going to be speaking at Thrive. And he made some comment over a year ago uh, about my children growing. And he said, be careful, bro, because you only get 16 summers with them. And that kind of shook me to my core a little bit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I when my kids are grown and gone, I'll be in my early 50s. Like when my youngest daughter is in college, I'll be in my early 50s. I have a lot of freaking time left to go and grind it out. These are the only moments I'm going to have where they're learning their words and where I'm their hero and where they'll actually cuddle me and hug me and kiss (laughs) me in public and I'm not a dorky dad. And so it's like I want to keep making seven figures for sure, but not try to take over the whole world in business and just really dedicate these years to my my family. Uh, again, not just sitting around on a hammock all day with them, but really putting my emphasis on them and working around it. And something I talk a lot about on stage now that's become a recent passion of mine is what you've got to do is you've got to build your dream life and then create a business that supports it. What I think a lot of people do is they create a dream business and they have a dream board of monetary possessions and they focus so hard on that that they live their life, their life around it. I think it's backwards. Build your dream life and work your business around it. Oh my God, that is some of the best advice ever because you're right. Everybody else, for the most part, has it reversed. And then they wake up and they see all these struggles because they built a dream business instead of building a dream life with a business that fits into it. So speaking of having a dream life, I know it's not always this wonderful dream. What is one of the biggest hurdles working together as an entrepreneurial couple? Probably that I constantly want to talk about business and I am always nagging for information from him and I don't give enough enough time for just us to just talk about the day or the kids. I'm always thinking about what are we going to do for this tomorrow? What are we going to do for that? And then so I have to make sure that I can make some more time doing that. And I really enjoyed how yesterday we kind of pulled a Chris and Lori Harder we went to the gym together and then we went for a run. We actually left our car at the gym and ran all the way home. And that I'm was like, her idea. I saw that. I think Cole was re- was resenting it halfway through. Oh my gosh. I'm, I got my keys in my hand. I'm getting the car and she just runs past it. She's like, I'm running home. Bye. And I was like, what? No. So anyway. But I felt like, I was like, hey, we're like Chris and Lori. I was like, I got to keep doing this. Oh my God. I absolutely love that. So, you know, you guys stated a little bit early in the rapid fire that you dreamt up your dream life. While roaming around in, did you say Rome? Yep, mm-hmm. Rome, Italy. Okay, you got to tell us a story. Like, how did you just dream this up? When was this? Because you've certainly achieved it. Yeah, yeah so I think I talked about this a bit on your last uh, episode. You maybe not, but I've had two financial seasons in the sense that I did very well in my early to mid-20s. Then the recession came. I was an idiot. I was over-leveraged in real estate. My only income was real estate, so I lost everything. I got married in that season and then have made the million since. And so... Knowing what success felt like and being confident I would be successful again, she and I were holding hands. We went out in the morning uh, to go get breakfast and we're like, hey, let's not get dressed. Let's not like, I mean, put clothes on. We're not walking around naked, but like, <laughs> let's not put an effort into getting ready. Let's just go grab some breakfast, then come back, shower, get dressed and go do the tourist thing. And we got lost in the city of Rome uh, physically and metaphorically in the sense that we just went with it. And it was like 11 hours later when we were just supposed to go out for breakfast and we end up in the fashion district. So, you know, Gucci, Christian Louboutin, Prada in actual Italy. And we're walking down this street of at that time, you know, uh, retailers that I couldn't even afford to walk in, much less purchase anything they were selling. 
And she saw me and I was quiet. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, dude, I just hate being broke. I need to start making money again. And then she just kind of asked me, like, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? And I said, like, I don't want to be Tony Robbins, but like Tony Robbins, I would stand on, on stages around the world and change people's lives, which eventually became Thrive. And we just started talking about what our dream life would look like, that we'd, you know, someday live in a big, beautiful home, that we would have beautiful children, that our house would be filled with people we love and that we would build a network and relationship. And we just basically laid this whole thing out holding hands just as two we'd only been married about three or four weeks at this point just two newlyweds falling in love and not to get too romantic but i feel like that's where we became like husband and wife that day in rome by the way we didn't come back till 2 a.m we left at like 11 a.m and just to go get breakfast we didn't come back to our airbnb until like 2 a.m dude and literally just being lost in love and just walking through the little street vendors and getting a slice of pizza and eating gelato and going to just accidentally some of the big tour tourist destinations like we just walked up on the trevi fountain we didn't have a map or even know where we were going that day i think cemented where we are today as far as just resonating at the same frequency falling so deeply in love that day and creating this vision that we didn't know if we'd have daughters or sons but we knew we'd have children we didn't know you know, we didn't know anything. The details were vague, but the like the specifics were vague, but the details were we're gonna have a family, we're gonna do this. And so it was powerful, man. I I uh I talk about that day a lot. And uh what happened coming home from there to today was literally a perfect manifestation of what we dreamed of that day. So how has right. that day served you in the times when you needed it most to make this happen? Well, just what he, it was, I think you need to elaborate that when we were walking through, it was the Vatican, right? Well, we ended up at the Vatican. Yeah. And I remember looking at Cole and I was like, if money didn't matter, if nothing mattered, what would you want to do? And he was just like, well, I'm you know, like that's a very big question I think to ask. And, um, and he just said, I would love to make an event where I can impact people and change their lives. And I just... It, 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 the way when he said it, it just seems so far fetched that it would never happen. And so as we've grown and now that it's happened, it just it blows my mind. And I'm so proud of him. And I think that this is such an achievement because I remember the stress that he had when we were walking through there. And he's like, what are we going to do when we get home? Yeah, we had no money, by the way. Like <laughs> like we we budgeted it for to last on the honeymoon and to get home with not enough money to pay our mortgage the first of the next month. Which was only like 800 bucks. Sonia bought a condo a few years earlier. And literally, we were trying to figure out how we'd get together about two grand um, 10 days after we got home. So, so he was anyway. like, How are we going to pay for electricity? And I'm asking him this question, like, Hey, what would you do if you had no money? So it was just. No money to matter. He, yeah, he just was like, Okay, that's a dumb question because we got to pay for electricity when we get home. And so I just loved seeing, hearing him say it. And now that it's actually happened is unbelievable. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You guys are literally the, the story that everybody hopes for, but they have to do the work that you've done to get there. What do you think is one of the number one things that has made you successful from that point until where you are today? Perfect. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say, because this is a bit on the theoretical. So what, how does someone listening to this say, okay, good for you. You're in Rome. How do I implement this? And so um, we do not just vision boards, but we create like actual plans and then we hold each other accountable and then we do regular audits. Uh, and so that's about to happen now because I feel like we're as husband, as business partners, we're kicking ass and taking names. Things are growing. Things are absolutely exciting. Our business is growing. Uh, as husband, wife, I literally perfect timing, probably about this time yesterday, it was like early afternoon. I was like, dude, 
we need to have another like audit. And so what took from just being, you know, dreamers in Rome to now living what we were dreaming and manifesting it was clear paths, working backwards. And you did this, Chris, when you came and spoke at, at one of our events, you created like, you put like $6 million on the board and then methodically worked backwards to literally what you need to do on a day-to-day basis to create that type of income. We did that in a broader sense of what our vision looked like. Okay, so if we want this, what do we need to do? Okay, so if we want to buy a house, what do we need to do? Well, we need to have set aside this much money and we need to have these types of credit scores. So let's not get stupid with credit cards that would hurt our credit scores to not like all of that. We broke it down backwards and we said, okay, so here's how we're going to live our lives. And then we have regular audits of sitting down and saying, okay, are we on track for what we said and what needs to improve right now? Financially, we're on track. Everything's good. But in just the, the season of transparency on this podcast, uh, where I think Sonny and I need to work right now is we, and I think part of it's the crunch that thrive is 85 days away, right? That, that we are unbalanced and heavy on business right now. But I told her yesterday, I was like, I don't want a business partner and a mother of my children. We got to remember that I want a wife and you want a husband. And so those audits are so, so important. They are because I I, do, I didn't notice. And so when I hear him say that, I'm like, OK, time to put everything down. Let me figure out what I need to do so that I, I, I am his spouse. You know, I'm his wife. I need to figure out to not just be a mom and a business partner. So for one. a specific answer to your question, it is having actual methodical like step-by-step plan a checklist and then audits to make sure that you're doing it and here's another thing i'll throw out there too an audit a self-audit to make sure that as it's happening that it actually is still what you wanted to create a friend of mine philip says you know it's it's really cool to work your butt off to get to the top of the mountain until you realize you climbed the wrong mountain (laughs) isn't that the truth and so, so I would encourage your listeners also to not just have a very concise plan and regular audits on making sure you're hitting your goals and objectives in the time that you said you would or faster, but that as you're progressing towards whatever that goal was, that you're actually like, wait, is this actually what we really want? It sounded good in Rome, but do we actually want to host an event? Do we actually want? And you know, so for us, there were some things that were a part of our grand life vision that were removed and some new things that were added. Um, but yeah, so I think that that's important too. I love it. You know, one thing I want to ask you about is, and, and this this popped into my mind because Sonia clarified, hey, we we're at the Vatican when we were having this conversation. I was, you guys are actually quite faith-based as a couple. And one of your answers during the rapid fire was one of the things you're most proud of, or I forget what the question was, but you said how you love all people of all faiths and you're accepting the whole nine yards. What role has your strong faith as a couple played in your success? How, how deep, how deep do you want me to go into that? I mean, it's up to you guys. <laughs> okay. So, um, so I was born and raised in a Christian family. Um, and then I did the high school thing where I didn't care at all about God or religion. I just wanted to get drunk on Saturday nights and, you know, as a teenager in high school, of course. Um, and then I had the experience that we talked about in my previous episode with you where I almost died a few times and lost people. And that kind of made me wake up. That's like, oh my gosh. If I would have died in those accents, which I should have died in those accents, what would I have to show for? You know, I I believe I would have gone to heaven and I would have been like, well, I did pretty well in school, God, and I was okay athlete. So thanks. Uh So that's where my faith actually kind of began of of acting it out. Sonia, growing up, Greek Orthodox Catholicism, I think it was from just being born in Serbia, but non-practicing. She's a good human and lives her life, quite frankly, 
I would say a lot better than a lot of the quote unquote religious people do as far as moral ethics, integrity, et cetera, but was doing it just because that's the way she's wired and she wants to be a good person. As a result of dating me a few years in, decided that, you know, maybe the church thing makes sense and, and became involved as well. So I think that the fact that everything that we do is rooted in in faith is a huge uh, North Star uh, of of our compass of making sure we're in alignment of not just what we want, uh, but with what we represent publicly. You know, I don't preach like, hey, believe in God or go to hell. I'm not that type of person. But I do believe that actions speak louder than words and that for people who watch us that will never meet on social media or whatever, I want them to see that that you can have uh, your life and you can have material possessions but not own them. Or sorry, they don't own you. You own them. Um, and I think that with just our our baseline of generosity and our boundaries. You know, I've told Sonny that I love cars, so do you, but there's a certain amount of money I'll never spend on a car, regardless of making a hundred million dollars a year, because I feel I'm going to have to be accountable to God when I'm face to face with God on the decisions I made. So as far as how it works in business, and then honestly, as you, I'm sure know, especially with, with Lori's influence, there are a lot of weirdos out there that, I mean, will proposition us or our partners for things that are not cool. And the fact that I can leave on an airplane and be gone and Sonny doesn't have to think twice about it. Likewise, I mean, not to get too graphic, but there are some very inappropriate pictures that are text message <laughs> or uh, messaged to my wife via social media of Jeez. men who forgot to clothe themselves. Right. So, so <laughs> a mere so oversight the fact that we live in a kind of confused world and knowing that at the end of the day, she and I would never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about that from each other. And as she's becoming more and more in the spotlight, and I am, I guess you'd say to some degree in the spotlight, that these weirdos that come out of the woods work that ask us for things that aren't appropriate, that we can have that undying trust for each other. So I think that's important too. I love it. As far as where our success comes from. Couldn't agree I don't know. Do you have anything to add, Sonia? Well, I just, I basically, I lost a bet. And that's why Cole got me to church. I dated other people that were religious. And, you know, I hated being told you're going to go to hell. You're not, you know, you're not a believer and blah, blah, blah. But Cole would literally every Sunday just say, hey, I'm going to go to church. Would you like to come? I'm like, nope. He's all right. Bye. And so he never pushed it upon me. And that was something that I, I really liked. And as I lost the bet and I went, there's something that just hit my heart when I heard the music playing, the worship just hit me. And I didn't want to tell him that I loved it so much because <laughs> I didn't want him to win. And, um, and so as time went on, I secretly started to like read the Bible and do my own thing. And I became a stronger believer. And one thing that I wanted to show everybody once I was a believer is that I'm not going to judge you. And I, I, I'm not going to do what people are doing out with signs. And it's just unbelievable how many people claim that they're Christians and then they bash others. And so I just want people to know that I'm a believer. And if they choose to become one, that's incredible. If not, we still, we never judge. And that's yeah, just, it's not up to us to yeah. judge. And that's why we love having thrive. We tell people what we believe, you know, we have our creators and people have their own and but we're all here together, and let's all make a difference. Oh, man, I love that. Okay, this is such good stuff. Uh, Thrive has come up in a number of the answers. Let's talk about Thrive. So start by telling us, what is Thrive? So Thrive is a three-day conference for business owners and entrepreneurs uh, to bring in some of the biggest, most badass speakers in the world, like, like Chris Harder, <laughs> who's going to be crushing the stage this year. I can't uh, wait. To, uh, oh, man, we're so excited to have you, dude. So well-deserved and so well-earned. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, I mean, talk about literally encompassing 
what we preach at Thrive exactly. is the way that you run your business with with Lori. Um, and not that this is the answer to the question you just asked, but I'll, I'll throw this out there. Uh, you know how we met. For those that maybe don't, we were in a mastermind together. And the very first time I ever saw Chris, we had to stand up on stage and we had one minute or two minutes to introduce who we are and what we believe in. And Chris got up and was like, you know, I'm going to start this podcast right now called For Love of Money. And I want to un- interview people on how they make their money and what they do to give back, which is the whole brand of Thrive Make Money Matter. And then we're supposed to write a card of like how we can help or support those people and turn it in. And I wrote on Chris's card, hey, I'm Cole. We're going to be BFFs. <laughs> that is all I said. I didn't say I could help you in any way. I was just like, we're going to be BFFs. So, so that being said, uh, what Thrive is, is curating speakers like Chris, uh, like Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez. We've had Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, Robert Hershevec from Shark Tank, Jack Canfield, from, Lori Harder. Yeah, Lori Harder, of course, Chicken <laughs> Soup from the Soul. Just some of the most iconic A list type business uh, personalities in the world come for three days, teach how to make money. And then we have individuals like yourself, myself, who talk about how to then make money matter and reminding our audience getting rich is great, but getting rich just for riches' sake sucks because nobody gets to pull a hearse to, the, uh, to their grave, right? No, no. Or sorry, no hearse is pulling a trailer. So go out there, make money, and then make it matter, make a difference, which is your whole brand, Chris, which is why you're like literally made for Thrive. And so what somebody gets after spending three days at Thrive is some of the best business advice from some of the most successful entrepreneurs in the world and a framework of how to then go use those ambitious gifts and skills within their business to be more profitable and more impactful so that at the end of their lives, they can look back on a fantastic career of success and significance of having made a tremendous amount of money and impact in the world. So important. So tell me, what are each of your roles in making Thrive happen? Because it's a huge movement and it's a huge event. Yeah, so for me, uh, and this is a new year, Sonia is probably managing or personally doing 80%, which is kind of scary for me because I'm a control freak and I've, I've done everything for Thrive Thrive 1 and most of the things for Thrive 2, about 50-50 for Thrive 3 and now Thrive 4. I'm like hardly involved in the day-to-day. So for me specifically, uh, I'm leveraging my relationships to get some of these speakers to come and speak. Um, Sonia is going through cold market like DMing on Instagram and, and going through those channels to get people who are outside of her network. So I'm working within my network. She's working without our, or outside of our network to curate speakers. Uh, I'm in charge of all things marketing. So uh, getting Facebook ads and remarketing pixels and all that nonsense through our digital marketing agency, making sure that Thrive is being um, done. I do and, help with that too. Oh yeah, Sonia, this year <laughs> she's starting to help with that too. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, without getting through all the boring stuff, I'm I'm the production. I am the experience at Thrive. When you sit in Thrive, I'm the one that picked what color the lights are and what the stage is going to look like and what the chairs that you're sitting in are like. And the the experience that you have is me. It actually coming to fruition and happening is Sonia. Uh, I would have the VIP dinner and then realize, oh, crap, I forgot to tell the hotel we needed food. And I'd be <laughs> like, just kidding. It's not a dinner. It's a, it's a hangout <laughs> networking event. So she's the one that makes everything actually happen. I'm the one that creates the experience. Wow, I love that. Sadia, what's, what do you say from your perspective your most valuable role is in making this happen? Taking Cole's vision and making it happen. Yeah. I, I think that he he is a great captain and that's his role. And he comes up with everything and I, I that's not my gift. And my gift is to see it follow through. So I think I'm as great. I'm a first mate and that's what makes our team work. Mm, that is so awesome. 
So, you know, one of the things that I know you've done in the past, Sonia, is you've reached out to these really huge names that you've gotten to speak on stage and you've gotten names that would intimidate everybody else. You've gotten them to say yes and to speak. How mm-hmm. did you do that? That I mean, I have so many listeners that put on events or have masterminds or you name, and they're afraid to reach out to the big names and see if they'll speak at whatever it is their platform is. How do, how do you do that? I basically become a stalker. Huh. <laughs> and um, I find every outlet that that person has, it'll be either a contact on their page. It'll be on Instagram. It'll be on Facebook. It'll be somewhere there's someone selling for them. I go through all different avenues that I possibly can. And eventually I'll get someone that answers. I'll just say, you know, and I just, I, the hardest part is remembering to follow up because there's so many people that I'll message and then someone will write me and then I continue to say, Hey, did you get to talk to this person? Did you get to do this? And it's, it literally is just being that squeaky wheel and someone will answer. And once I can explain our message and what it is that we want to do, if the person feels that that aligns with them, then they're on board. And it's just being able to get that initial conversation, getting through their gatekeeper is just the hardest thing. That is such a skill. I want you to know how seriously of a, of a badass skill that is. <laughs> well, and it's more than that too, though. She's selling herself short. So that's how she gets their attention. And then how she gets their commitment is two things. Obviously, Thrive is very unique. So the speakers can resonate that we're not just doing this to try to get rich because I need a, a, you know, a new freaking helicopter or a submarine or something. Um, <laughs> submarine. I'm just saying. Um, but that we really are impacting people. And then Sonia uh, is amazing. She, I'm glad she mentioned the love languages. She figures out what people love by like watching them. Like she said, stalker. I thought that's what she was going to say. And she'll see them drinking a glass of wine and just happen to notice the bottle of wine in the background, order that wine, put that person's logo on it, get them two glasses, put their logo on it and ship it to them. So they have a bottle of wine that they love that has their brand on it with two glasses and just like she's so good at that stuff that these people are like, whoa, like I get pitched to speak at an event five times a week. This is the first time this year this has happened. I love gift giving. That's my favorite. Whether it's something very expensive or something small, I love seeing someone's face when they open it and it means the world to them. And that obviously that helps talk to these people as well. You know, it it opens the door and then they notice me. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. What a cool cool skill set that you have. I love that. So I want to kind of shift a little bit because during the rapid fire Cole, you stated that one of your regrets is that you stayed in one of your income sources for too long. Do you mind elaborating on that a little bit? Yeah, so I'm in the process of transitioning out, so I'll keep it broad. But, um, you know, perfect example, maybe 15 minutes ago, I said that when you have a big vision, do audits and make sure you're climbing the right mountain or that the mountain hasn't changed for, for reasons. And so, Part of what I wanted to do, I'm going to keep it broad, so I apologize, but just based on timing, I, I I had a vision and a dream of one of the things I wanted to be in, as an entrepreneur, and I found the best opportunity in the world to do that with one of the greatest men, and, and I have no regrets, by the way, of anything I've ever done uh, with this company, and it was just fantastic, and it was awesome, but then as I had my first child, and then as I had my second child, and then as my businesses grew and needed my attention, to do both didn't work. Uh, and so a new season of my life started and they say when one door closes, another door opens for me, it got a little bit backwards, another door opened and the other door hadn't yet closed. 
and I can't walk through two doors at the same time. I have to walk through one or the other and kind of doing the splits and putting two feet or one foot in one door and one foot in the other. You can imagine the visual. I was getting smacked in the nuts basically. And I let that happen for too long and I needed to say, hey, this other door that I've been in for a long, long time that I love and I enjoy doesn't work with the circumstances of my business and life that have now changed in the last six years. And so I needed to not do the splits, uh, you know, metaphorically ripping my freaking growing and to have gone pull feet in the new door. And we're doing that now. And so it's no regrets. It's not like, you know, these people are criminals and I shouldn't have associated myself <laughs> with bad humans. It was just that I, I was holding on to something that was good and that I enjoyed and that was profitable uh, because it was at one point in my life, a highlight of what I'd created and the opportunities that I had, but because of new things, that door needed to close and I left it open and it's half shut and is shutting currently. And so that, that might be so broad that people are like, hey, Cole, that wasn't helpful at all. But No, it is helpful know, to- because my follow-up question is, what was your biggest fear around finally facing this? Uh, in total transparency, number one was hurting the relationships of the people because I really do care about them and they they are are such good human beings and provided so much opportunity for me while I was there. So number one was protecting those relationships. How do I leave without – how do I leave the, the opportunity and maintain the friendships? And the number two, quite frankly, is that it's you know uh, over a half million dollars a year of per, pure cash, right? It's, it's wire transfers. And so – uh, for me, uh, it was a safety net, if you will. Not that we don't have income coming in in other places, but that for me, that's a nice cushion. Sonny and I live way within our means. My financial peers live a lot more lavish lifestyles than we do. And that half a million dollars pays for our life two times over. Even though we you know, make millions of dollars, uh, we don't have much personal expense. We have zero personal debt. We don't, we don't you know, go nuts. And so the point is, Knowing that, hey, if if all of my businesses fail tomorrow, this half million would more than support our lifestyle, I think was me kind of being a wuss uh, as an entrepreneur. That just in the back of my mind, I had this little ripcord, if you would, that, hey, if everything else happens, I can pull this ripcord and I'm safe. And yeah. so those are the two reasons. I think I think a, a very large reason would be that Cole um, is very giving. And I believe that a lot of people are depending on him. And um I mean, literally a lot of mouths need to be fed. And so I think that him, I, I think he was a little bit nervous to finish this so that uh, he just wants to take care of everybody. Yeah. Boy, do I know yeah. the feeling. And Sonia, I got to ask you, how does it make you feel seeing him make this decision? I support it 110%. And I think it needed to happen sooner. And um, I think that me believing in him has helped him come to this conclusion i would say totally but um i think he's greater and i think that he's going to be able to impact more lives by stepping away from that and pursuing all his things and then here's where i really tried to take this conversation the big question is this by giving up something that was comfortable what's it going to open up for you in the future is that for me or sonia either one uh, it's going to give me more focus. Um, it, the, again, we're trying to stay so broad, but it, it does frazzle me, uh, with having to do everything that's mine and then having to still show up and do everything over there. That's, that's, that I'm helping with. So it'll give me more laser focus. Um, it'll give me more lifestyle balance and it'll get rid of this internal conflict I've had of, uh, it's kind of like, this is the analogy I used, you know, I broke up with a girlfriend, but we're still on lonely nights texting and doing that late night booty call and it just needed to end, you know, <laughs> Great like analogy. 
Yeah, that's it. Like, like you know, the, we we decided mutually the relationship was over, but we just won't let it end. We just keep dragging this thing out because you know when we've had a glass of wine or a bottle of wine, I guess whatever, and we're just lonely at night. We keep hitting each other up in a metaphor, right? So it needs to end. Mm. And Sonia, what do you think it's going to open up for you guys? Endless opportunities. Yeah, I think with- she's like she's like freaking shoving me out that door. She's like <laughs> she's trying to shut it on my leg and like pull me like I'm anyway. She's a bit more aggressive. I've never been a risk taker. I've always been like I need my eight to five job. I need my paycheck every single week. And I thought Cole was crazy for doing his life, but now being in this and seeing what he's capable capable of, what we can do together, I just think that it's we're just going to have endless opportunities. And you know what, if we don't say we fail, then, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen. I'm not going to live in a huge house. You know, like I, I don't have any concerns except for the people that we want to continue to help. I just want to be able to make sure we can keep helping them. So I, I'm not concerned at all. So good. Okay. So I just want to shift really quick here. We only have a few minutes left, but one of my favorite things in the world about you guys. And one of the reasons why I like you so much is your generous, generous hearts. And ironically, you try to keep most of it just to yourselves. But I make everybody answer this question. That is one of, what is one of your all-time favorite moments of giving? Oh, one of my favorite all-time moments of giving. Oh, why don't you used to tell about the, the little guy in the wheelchair? That was cool. Do you even remember that we did that? Okay. The, the little boy. Okay, so there's a, there's a guy... My my sister has a friend, and her son oh, has. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I think it's OI osteogenesis imperfecta, which is what uh, it's a very long word. It's what um, Sean Stevenson is that his name? The mm-hmm. the three foot giant, as as Tony Robbins calls him. Yep. Uh, it's what he has, and so this little little boy was disabled, and uh, our healthcare in America is freaking horrendous. And just a little wheelchair for the guy was uh, quite a bit of money. And of course, insurance doesn't want to cover it. And of course, most Americans can't afford what healthcare wants to charge you for something as simple as a wheelchair made out of aluminum piping, right? So Sonny and I were able to anonymously gift through my sister to the mother of this little boy the money they needed to do the wheelchair and the pictures of him online now being able to be mobile. Because with osteogenesis imperfecta, basically it means that your bones are brittle. It's brittle bone disease. And uh, you can break your bone by sneezing. Uh, like Whoa. if you have a hard sneeze, you can crack ribs. And if you just fall like out of a chair onto the ground, you can break your hip. It's tragic. And usually as these little kids, if they can survive to adolescence, through puberty, their bones strengthen. And then they can try to live an adult life being severely physically handicapped but actually living. And uh, as a – I think he was three or four at the time. Uh, he was basically immobile. He can't walk. And so Sonny and I and, – and again, when I say it was a lot of money, it's – it wasn't like we had to mortgage the house for this, right? But um, seeing a little boy who was completely immobile because he was born with a disease he didn't pick, just his huge grins and his big smiles online now being that we see through Facebook through his mom's profile of him being mobile and cruising around a wheelchair like still gets me emotional. And this is like five years ago we did this. Um, so I'm going to say as a couple, that's something we decided to do that's one of my favorites. So cool. I'm going to be real quick on mine. I mean that's both of ours, but my highlight was last year at Thrive – raising $178,000 on stage for Claire, seeing her nonprofit be able to continue and do all the good that they're doing to help people with cystic fibrosis. And Chris and Lori raising their hand and giving 
probably a massive donation. My gosh. I'll keep um, it, I'll, I don't know if you want that public, yeah. but, but it's first like, people to jump out of their seats with yep, a five figure check, which is hand. why we love you guys. Same thing. And that just seeing her face as everyone was starting to raise their hand. That was definitely a highlight. That was an awesome highlight. I loved, that's what I love about thrive is that every year you guys choose a charity partner and, and you, you just go big for them. Who's this year's charity partner. Do we know yet? Yep. It's water.org. Um, it's founded by a guy named Gary White and uh, Matt Damon, uh, the actor Matt Damon. So you may have seen some of his stuff around social media. Um, but uh, yeah, we're partnered with water.org. Uh, you know, one of the things that Sonny and I are passionate about are what we call human rights, not civil rights like voting and marriage, but human rights like you should have a human right to have access to clean water. That should just be part of human life. Yep. And so we're passionate about those things. And so, yeah, partnering with water.org this year. Oh, man, I love that. Does that mean free Stella's for everyone? Because remember, for right. Stella, uh, they, no they kidding, give right? up I mean, water. I, that's what I was telling you. I was like, gee, I help pay your guys' bills um, with, with the Stella's I'm drinking. Um, but yeah, so Very water.org cool. this year. Very cool. All right, guys, we have one minute left. Real quickly, where can we find you and how do we get to Thrive? Uh, just go to attendthrive.com. That's our website, attendthrive.com. And since you and Lori are speakers this year, we want to do a promo code for anybody that wants to grab a ticket. Just plug in the promo code money because uh-huh. this is for the love of money. So money and uh, they'll get the speaker discount. Um, I think it's 30% off for oh, our geez. speakers and it's the biggest promo code anybody gets. So, um, so yes. And then, um, uh, that's it. So attend thrive.com. Oh, where can they find us? I'm on social media at Cole Hatter and she's at Sonia Hatter. No dots, no underscores, no nothing. Um, and yeah, dude, we're freaking fired up to come up to your house tomorrow. It's perfect timing that, uh, we're doing your podcast today and we'll be having a VIP day with you tomorrow. I'm so excited to pick your brain because you're a freaking genius and things that are Chinese to me. So, Oh wait, I don't know if people know about this. That's okay. We'll save that one for the next podcast. You guys, I can't thank you enough for being on. You are the absolute best. Thank you for the information you gave, the generosity you gave. I can't wait to see you guys at Thrive. Yeah. And we'll see you tomorrow, bro. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.